No, they know you never talk about your money. Right, so at Liverpool in the 80s, you, you'd no idea. No, no. Well, we, the only idea was that Kenny was on far more than he was. <laughs> <laughs> Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. The Hockey World Cup will start in two weeks' times, uh, two weeks time games in Spain and Holland. Ireland are going to open up against the Dutch on July the 2nd at Amsterdam's Wagner Stadium. Then on to play uh, Chile three days later and Germany uh, the day after that. Five uncapped players have made the Ireland squad and one of our heroes from the 2018 World Cup uh, is back and hoping for more of the same with us in studio this morning. Roisin Upton, good morning to you. Thanks for having me. Thanks million for coming in. Glad to be here, yeah. Uh, Germany, Holland and Chile. That's yeah. uh, That's tough. It is a tough pool. The only pool out of four to have three European teams in it. And I think the standard of hockey in Europe speaks for itself. Uh, we have the most nations competing in the World Cup. So, yeah, it's not an easy task. And as you said, we're opening up with the world champions on the first night in, mm. in what will be a packed out Wagner Stadium. So you can imagine the excitement in the squad, five new caps, 15 out of our 20 travelling players haven't been to a World Cup. Um, so everybody's buzzing at the moment. What's the chat about like uh, world champions, Olympic champions, you've played them recently and the results haven't gone your way. What's the chat about the Holland game in terms of the expectation out of it or... You know, like yeah. like the fact that it's the opening game, you're straight into it. It's it's a tough task. I suppose we've actually been having a lot of discussion about it recently. Um, so it's our third major tournament back to back, and we're just wanting to learn all the time. You know, how did we approach the World Cup in 2018 versus how we approached the Olympics um, versus now with a completely new, inexperienced group in many ways. Um, how we're going to approach it and. The only thing we've been talking about is one game at a time um, and that if we perform to our ability, you don't really know what's going to happen. Um, so we're chasing performances. Um, obviously, you want results of the World Cup. You want to progress through the stages. But as you said, it's no easy task first first game against the Dutch. But, you know, I think I can count on one hand the amount of times I've played the Dutch in my career. So yeah, definitely you want to play against the best. And the fa- like the fact that it's the first night almost is nearly a good thing in the sense that like they're coming cold into it huge expectation given what they have in the bank and the fact that they're at home and it's the opening night yeah you know I suppose we'll go into this World Cup and teams won't underestimate us um, and each World Cup will have its own challenges you know a lot of these countries uh, 10 out of the top 15 countries in the world are competing in a pro league year round so they're getting that competition Um we're playing the world champions opening up. Uh, you know, I think it's just going to be complete excitement. Maybe they'll underestimate us. You know, they'll look to the to the Germans who they've recently played um, in the pro league. They had two close games against them. It was three two and four two after the Germans were up two nil in one of the games. So hugely competitive there. Um, but yeah, it's just looking to test yourselves against against the best in the world. Does it feel different playing against the Dutch? Is there something different that they do? Is it just individual quality doing the simple things right? Or, or how does it differ from, from every other match you play? Yeah, I suppose every country has their own style. And with the Dutch, um, what they do looks incredibly simple. But I'd say the main thing is their ability to constantly be pre-scanning and know where they're going next. So their positioning is constantly open shoulders, looking to go forward. Um, I suppose it's very similar to soccer when you think about the best midfielders in the world constantly, you know, having 360 vision, knowing where they're on next. Um, the Dutch would be very similar and set the standards for that. Whereas then you'll go into a game against the Germans who might possess the ball for 50, 60 passes and you just have to be happy and loving being, you know, defending. That's what we have to do against the Germans and then we'll get our opportunities to counter-attack and, you know, that's a big aspect of our game that we've been working on over the last couple of years. Um 
that we'd feel more comfortable and maybe taking a couple of those opportunities whereas before we knew we were going into 60 minute battle you know sitting in our 25 um, and then the third game against or the second game against Chile is coming up against a country that we don't know a whole lot about this is their first major tournament they haven't been to an Olympics or a World Cup so similar to ourselves four years ago and are you kind of like wargaming for that Chile situation, which differs just based on rankings to the Germany and especially the, the Netherlands situation? Yeah, I suppose, you know, if we want to progress through the stages, um, beating Chile would technically be the easiest way to do it. So it's definitely a target game um, for us. And it sits nicely, I think, in our pool. We play against the Dutch and we'll have two rest days and then we'll play against Chile uh, before playing against Germany the following day. So we'll have... You know, they'll have played a game in our pool. We'll have a lot of video uh, by that stage to see what kind of styles they're playing because right now we're looking at video from, from last summer and, you know, yourselves, a lot can change in a year. Are you, you're just, you were saying before, and you're just going into camp now. Today, we are. Yeah. yeah, we're playing another series, actually. We're just back from Japan about two weeks, but we're they're coming over this way. Yeah. Um, preparing for the World Cup, they'll head on to Spain afterwards for a game test series in UCD. And you might get very familiar with Japan over the next while because you might end up getting them uh, sort of later on in the tournament as well, obviously. Yeah, well, I suppose the process for how you get out of your pool is very different um, depending on where you sit. Like yes. if you come first, you'll go straight to a quarter final. If you finish second or third, you're going into a playoff game with, I think, Pool D, um, yes, which yeah. would be countries from Spain that would fly over and then you have playoff games. And then if you come fourth, you'll go into a bottom four playoff game um, just to see where, where you match up 13th to 16th just for ranking points I was uh, listening to an interview that you gave with Nathan it was before the World Cup final in 2018 uh, last night and you were talking about the goals that you'd set out and obviously everybody understood that you'd way overshot where the goals were at yeah. uh, you were saying we just wanted to get out of our pool and see how we went in the quarterfinals have you discussed that yet in terms of this tournament well, it's much the same. Yeah. You know, we're ranked 12th in the world. Um, and yeah, we are chasing consistency and wanting to be in these tournaments. But even though other countries know us more and know more about us, there isn't really any expectation. You know, we didn't come out of our pool last year at the Olympics. So now looking at this squad, we've been together this actual set squad about six weeks because there was a Junior World Cup in December that got postponed because of COVID and it didn't end up happening until April so a good chunk of our players five or six of those players were playing in that and then you had I suppose the likes of me and a good crew of us that had gone back to work for the last year and that were balancing you know finally getting a rest after a five-year Olympic cycle so we've come together in the last it was just pre the Japan trip to be honest Um, and we've had a really good preparation so far everybody's buzzing but in terms of um, targeting games, I suppose, yeah, Chile is the obvious one. And we'll see what we can do against the Dutch and the Germans. Is there a freshness to that almost in the sense that you get a bit of a breather from it? The new players have come in, there's obviously been some retirements. Does that, because, like, I mean, on the face of it, it's, you're looking at maybe a more inexperienced squad heading into it, but there's a freshness maybe to some of that as well, accentuating the positives of that almost? Yeah, you have to, I think. And it's been great in the sense that it's also pushed us who've been around for quite a while you know they're questioning how we do certain things we're refining things we're doing things a little bit differently because things can become stale um, I think in terms of tactics like or yeah in terms of tactics in terms of you know flair I suppose when you first come into a, squ- a squad you're not thinking about pressure you're not thinking about you know I suppose when we had gone to a World Cup in 2018 we knew how special it was and how hard it was to get there that mm. core squad had been together and I was one of the last into it but they'd been together for six or seven years and now you're looking at a brand new squad that's been mm. together a couple of months I think as you said with the experience we've lost from last year 
it's circa 1600 caps um, from our squad of 22, 23 going into this World Cup. Um, so with that, we just have an unbelievable amount of energy, enthusiasm and excitement. And I suppose the not overthinking that's left to us to really, you know, uh, knock home the tactics and get people up to speed as much as you can without overwhelming them and just allowing them to enjoy this. How do you ensure that the 1600 caps don't go missing when it comes to the transition to uh, what is essentially a new squad? I suppose it's just having those conversations with um, who out of us that's that's still there. Uh, we do we have five from the World Cup a couple of years ago that competed in it, but we have you know ten or eleven that competed in the Olympics last year. And you're wondering, you know, how did we approach each game? Were we on the same page? It's it's just having all those honest conversations that we might have had before because we didn't have the opportunity to debrief tournament hockey. You know, it's it's quite different to soccer and rugby where you're playing back to back games. So when you're in a tournament, you're not getting to say, God, did we perform there? Or did we not? Because straight away you have to refocus. And then you go away and the tournament ends and you have a break for a couple of months and those conversations might never happen. So we've had to, you know, we've been working with our team psychologist, Mags McCarthy, in, in ensuring that we're just given as much information as we can. But at the same time, as I said, you don't want to overwhelm people. That, that's interesting because I, I guess that is like one of the huge differences given like all your big games are in a tournament setting. I, I guess most modern playing groups in every sport are player-led at the moment anyway, but I presume even more so in that setup, it's it's very much figuring things out for yourself on a game-to-game basis. Yeah, I think actually in the past six weeks, it's probably been the most player-led um, that I've experienced within the squad. Just because I think it's easier to have conversa- small conversations sometimes, you know, things go amiss when you're sitting in a room of 30 people and you're just talking to people. Like, do people understand it or don't they? Mm. Whereas if we're able to sit down together and to look over a video for 20 minutes and you're asking me about different clips or situations, then of course that's how you're going to learn learn the most. Mm. Um, and that's probably an untapped area that we're looking to just get better at. Is your sense that the quality of this squad can be as good as the one we saw in 2018? I think so. Um, myself and Katie... Mullen, the captain, were only chatting about it recently that it would actually be very exciting if this squad got to play against the one from four years ago just because with our new head coach, um, he's from Australia, Sean Dancer, and he's bringing more of an attacking style to how we're trying to play. And, you know, don't get me wrong, we're not the Dutch or the Argentinians, but instead of just building off our defence, we're we're hoping to hang on to the ball for for longer phases. You're hoping to play more than just a long ball game, actually, you know, gain a bit of territory and put other teams under pressure. Um, so I think we've had a few strings to our bow in that sense. So yeah, it would definitely it'd be a, a good match. Who would win? Oh, sure, I'd have to back the team now. <laughs> <laughs> you have no choice at the minute. That's uh, non-negotiable. And does the does because it's a similar conversation that's happening around the Irish football team in terms of that you know trying to that play a bit of football and having that attacking yeah. thing. And you don't necessarily, I know, like obviously it's been bits of criticism of the team over the last while, but they actually haven't been that bad defensively. You don't necessarily have to give up a huge amount defensively to add that attacking stuff in is it has it come seamlessly enough or have you found that if we're given a bit more here we're losing a bit over here and we just have to accept that um i think where we might lose some defensive focus might be in training because we mightn't be doing as many defensive drills where it's yeah. chaos and you know it's 5v8 and you're in deep defense and you know there's balls being thrown everywhere and you don't have time to set up and it's unstructured so we mightn't have focused on that as much um, but we're hoping that we bring that as, as part of being Irish, as part of that, you know, mm-hmm. pride in your defence. Um, so I suppose that on the flip side, yeah, we've done a lot more counter-attacking hockey, um, 
you know, I suppose small-sided games in a room like this where you've, you're have you one on four and you're trying to hold on to the ball, getting your eyes up earlier, pre-scanning, mm. knowing where you're going next. Um, all those things have been really important, but I suppose you can always set your defence that little bit higher, you know, so instead of just... Uh, I suppose collapsing back into our own half we're looking to get out and get into teams' faces a bit more and just be more aggressive. Have you found your own role you mentioned there about like the maybe more player driven side of it? Have you found like four years down the line that your own role or your own voice has become a little bit more like almost in you know, supporting Katie or how have you found that? How have you found your role within the team, not in the playing side but in the leadership bit or the speaking bit? How has that developed over the last four years? Yeah, I suppose on the pitch I would say much the same. Um, I love to communicate and I'm sitting in a position in front of kind of a back three where it's what's known as a free man or I suppose in soccer terms a defensive centre midfielder. So you're constantly trying to put out fires before they happen and communicate to people what's happening in a structural sense. Um, But I suppose off the pitch definitely, yeah, I've probably find my voice a bit more, feel a bit more confident. Um, Just just chatting to people but I suppose I didn't have to before either you know we had a lot of strong voices we had a lot of leaders Shirley McKay the most capped player in the country across all sports you know Hannah Matthews Anna O'Flanagan Chloe Watkins we had it in abundance so my voice wasn't needed so I'm actually really enjoying that aspect now of um, of my role changing again What are you doing like? It's just what you said like it's just I suppose you're trying to fill people with confidence now you're just taking more ownership on and off the pitch Mm. um we have a leadership group of four of us um, and you're just trying to share the load as much as we can and be as player driven, whether it's us setting up meetings and not being led by coaches, um, you know, coming with our own clips, debriefing. It's us, you know, setting up Zooms midweek when we aren't together in Abbottstown in camp, just trying to do all the extra things, especially in the last six weeks, because, you know, we have six weeks to prepare for a World Cup in some senses. And I know... A lot of countries will actually, and we've taken positives from it, will be in the same boat because when you come off the back of a five-year Olympic cycle, you know, and you've one year to prepare for a World Cup, mm-hmm. there's a lot of balls in the air and squads have changed. And as I said, people are going back to work and doing different things, deciding will they continue retirement. So um, it's been a hectic six weeks, but you can imagine the excitement of 15 people going to their first World Cup. Can I, can I just ask that what you said a moment ago about you know trying to tap into that Irish thing of work ethic and putting them under pressure or whatever it may be. What, what, what do you talk about when you're having those conversations in camp when you're talking about the, the Irish attributes that you might be able to bring to, to the pitch? I suppose we're frequently talking about winning games is about not conceding goals um, you know and if we're going to concede goals then we're going to have to score more than the opposition and it's literally as simple as that so you know we know we aren't necessarily a, a five goal scoring team right now you know we're not going to go out and beat teams five, four or five nil but we can beat a team one nil or we can beat a team two one and you know if we're defensively resound that we need to get energy from that um you know I suppose it's a mindset shift to feeling god we haven't had possession and the Germans will do it to you where you're under the cosh for 20 minutes and you haven't got the ball back and you know you can either sink into yourselves and keep collapsing and collapsing and defending your circle and you know the pressure is loading on your shoulders but often it's perceived pressure and it's in those moments being brave and stepping out and holding your structure and gaining a lot of energy that, you know, you can't break us down. And um, that's a big part of, I think, especially going against the Dutch and the Germans where goal difference will matter in our pool. So you're thinking now, great, we don't have uh, possession rather than, oh God, we don't have possession. You have to, don't you? Because it's the reality, you know, if you're going to go into a game and think otherwise... um, 
you're going to be quite misled, you know. So we have to face the reality of the situation. You're playing against two of the top five teams in the world, the Dutch are first and Germany are fifth. So um, we need to prepare and a good performance against Chile, Holland and Germany at this World Cup will look completely different. Will you speak about 2018 over the next little while or are you just like... That's done. We'll come back to it again and we'll luxuriate in that for the years to come, but we let's forget about that for now. Or are you trying to tap into some of that spirit and bring it into the room almost? Uh, no, I think, you know, that's very much retirement conversations. Um, I don't know if it's probably sank in for any of us until you stop playing what we achieved back then. It, w- it was crazy. But for now, yeah, it's very much just um, staying in the moment and we we're flying out on Monday week. So the Japanese series is very much our focus. Um, you know, taking a few more things... Um, taking a few more things off that we want to before we get to a World Cup. Yeah, very exciting. Listen, you've been really good with your time and we really appreciate you coming in at such a crucial juncture in the preparation. So good luck against Japan over the next while and uh, hopefully Nathan will be chatting to you again live in the line from, I don't know what it be. Is the final in, in Holland? Obviously it's split over a couple in of Spain, countries. the semi-finals final. and finals. Okay, right, okay. Well, hopefully you'll be on the line to Nathan at some point before the World Cup final in a, in a few weeks' time. Thanks a million for coming in. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.